It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to an updated edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. And man, that is the dangers of getting into a recording studio, 12 floors up in an undisclosed location in Oklahoma City, laying down a podcast. And then while you're laying down that podcast, news becomes official on Carmelo Anthony. So if you've already listened to the first edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, get ready. This is the updated edition where, yes, in segment number one, we have to talk about what's going on. The Carmelo Anthony trade is official. He's going to Atlanta. Dennis Schroeder's coming here to Oklahoma City. So we'll dissect that in segment two. We will hear from the good folks at Locked on Raptors about the Kawhi Leonard trade, and I'll even give you some reasons, or not some reasons, but I will give you some ways in which Kawhi Leonard could remain a Toronto Raptor. What exactly the Raptors would need to do to lock him down, and then Marcus Smart is heading back to the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about that. We'll hear from Locked on Celtics, and I'll even go into why Oklahoma City hasn't needed a homegrown talent to grow its fan base right here in the heart of America. My name is Eric G. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I did radio in Oklahoma City here for a while, hosted a lot of Thunder post games, did the occasional pregame, maybe doing radio soon again here in Oklahoma City, and I will just leave it at that. And I also work for another publication called Thunder Digests. And a big shout out to Chuck Cheney for uh, all that you do in letting me be a part of that. So long story short, I get everything put together for the last podcast. And at the time I did the last podcast, which was all of about it was a little more than an hour ago, Carmelo Anthony was still a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the rumors were just that, rumors that Dennis Schroeder could be coming to Oklahoma City and Melo would be going to the Hawks to eventually get waived. Well, all that came down during the time that I was recording and was in just go, go, go mode to get a podcast done. And chances are what you're hearing now is going to also count for the weekend podcast. And um, I still like the other one. I think it's a good podcast, so I'm asking you to go back and listen to it. But you're listening to figure out my take on Carmelo Anthony. Well, he's gone, and either he'll become a member of the Miami Heat or the Atlanta Hawks. But more importantly, the Oklahoma City Thunder are getting Dennis Schroeder. And we'll worry about Carmelo Anthony's future here in just a second. Because that's not pertinent to us here in Oklahoma City. What is pertinent to us here in Oklahoma City is what the Thunder are getting with Dennis Schroeder. Now, you've got a backup point guard already in Raymond Felton. And there's no way in hell Dennis Schroeder's going to start for Russell Westbrook, okay? That's just out of the question. But you've got a younger point guard in Dennis Schroeder that would give you some really good depth coming off the bench. 
but you've already signed Raymond Felton, and he gives you some invaluable leadership in the locker room. Not only that, Raymond Felton's been here in Oklahoma City for a year. He's had a chance to get to know other players, and he seems to be a well-liked, well-respected guy. So what this tells me is that the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this is just spitballing here for the moment, if you're Oklahoma City... If you're getting a guy like Dennis Schroeder, this is where Sam Presti works his magic and goes out and spins Schroeder to get something else that the Thunder need. And the Thunder also get forward uh, Mike Muscala, but I think that they are sending him to Philadelphia 76ers. The Thunder are also sending a 2022 protected pick, a first-round protected pick, to the Atlanta Hawks. And all this you can kind of peruse and get on ESPN, the Thunder's projected uh, tax bill uh, will drop from 150 million to 88 million. That's big time. So Carmelo Anthony leaves; it's an 88 million dollar tax bill as opposed to a 150 million dollar tax bill, and it gives you a hell of a lot more wiggle room if you're Sam Presti. And you got to think if you're Clay Bennett, thank God you're not having to pay 150 million dollars for a team that's probably not going to win a championship. So now you bring in Dennis Schroeder, and you've got to find out, is this guy going to work for Oklahoma City? The first thing I do if I'm Sam Presti, before you even get to that point of finding out if Schroeder will work for Oklahoma City, I find out if somebody is there and wants, if somebody out there wants him and is willing to either give you a pick for him, maybe give you some young talent, give you some guys that you can develop, or help you out where you really need some big-time play off the bench is three-point shooting. The Thunder just don't have enough of that. Alex Sabrinas is too inconsistent. It took Patrick Patterson a while to get going last year. We can have all the faith in the world that Patrick Patterson is going to be great and he'll be able to come off the bench and contribute. But the Thunder desperately need some three-point shooting off the bench. So if there is a way you can get that, by spinning to Schroeder to somebody who's looking for either a backup point guard or maybe in Schroeder's head he's looking at himself as a starter, then you go ahead and you go out and make that deal. And you get it done quick. If for some reason that deal's not out there, and I said all along with Carmelo Anthony, get the best deal you can get, then do the same thing. Get the best deal that you can get with Dennis Schroeder and let him go. And if you can't get him, then get him into training camp, see how he does, and maybe you keep him on the roster for a while until you find somebody that wants to make that move. But I have to think that that's the mindset that Sam Presti's in at this moment. As for the future of Carmelo Anthony, it's very simple. Miami Heat or the Houston Rockets? He probably fits a little bit better in with the Miami Heat mindset because I think they still see him as a star, Not only that, we've talked a little bit about Pat Riley and how Pat Riley can get this guy into shape and just that legendary workout that the Miami Heat have through Pat Riley, I think that would benefit Carmelo Anthony. Tremendous, plus there's just the fact of not wanting him to be in the West, him playing with a chip on his shoulder, and him not only hurting Oklahoma City, but everybody else as the Houston Rockets start to make their way to the NBA championship. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that, that that come to fruition. But let's talk a little bit about why Carmelo Anthony did not work here in Oklahoma City. 
And look, if we do a podcast tomorrow, and I'm saying if, because we've now kind of done two podcasts today, but if we do a, if we do a podcast tomorrow, we can delve a little bit more I- into this. But I do want to discuss why it didn't work out here in Oklahoma City. And I, part of it was the Thunder just didn't know how to use Carmelo Anthony. They understood what he was coming in, but then they asked him to be something that he's not. And we can blame players for their inability to adjust. Look, we always say that if you're going to be a professional, always be ready to play. I don't think Carmelo Anthony at any point during his time in Oklahoma City wasn't ready to play. It was just an awkward situation for him to be him, and you had him out of his comfort zone, and the dude just never adjusted. So the who if, you, if I'm going to put it on anyone's shoulders as to why it didn't work out, I blame the Thunder more than Carmelo Anthony just because you knew he was more of a three than a stretch four, and maybe you should have been playing him that way. Maybe you should have adjusted the offense around to make him more comfortable, and if you weren't willing to do that, then why make the trade? I also have to think, since Carmelo Anthony had a no-trade clause, that when the Thunder started talking to the Knicks about making this move, all that had to be discussed. I mean, let's just think about that for a second, and I'm going to kind of contradict myself here, but let's just think about that for a second. You're about to make a very risky move to bring Carmelo Anthony into Oklahoma City. And you don't have it discussed with him, his agent, the Knicks. Now, granted, the Knicks could easily screw you over because, hey, let's get rid of this guy. We need to start the rebuilding process. And they're willing to give us in his canner. Let's tell the Oklahoma City Thunder whatever they want to hear to make it known. But I have to think that there was some talk between Mello and the Thunder. So everybody was on the same page. So I don't know how he comes in here and he is surprised as much as he was about what the Thunder wanted him to do. That will always be somewhat puzzling to me. So as much as I say blame the Thunder for not using him right, well, you're Carmelo Anthony. You knew how they were going to use you. Now it's up to you to figure out how to adapt. And there's a difference between being ready and having yourself in shape, and then when you're called on, like a guy like Anthony Morrow, where it's, Hey, you're going in tonight, or tonight you're sitting in the bench, but you always have to have that mindset that you could go in at any time. There's a difference between that versus being able to do necessarily what a team is asking you to do. And even though you might be willing to do it, sometimes you can't do it. I'm going to miss Carmelo Anthony. I hate the fact that he's that he didn't work out here in Oklahoma City. I hate the fact that we're not going to get to talk to him anymore and I hate that more than anything that the fans did not get to know this guy for more than one year and everybody wants to say that it was a bad fit for Oklahoma City you know what I will agree with you from an on the court standpoint I absolutely 100% agree but from a locker room standpoint uh, the dude was absolutely invaluable and what I hope more than anything since he's not going to be here is that whatever he left behind, whatever imprint he left on the Oklahoma City Thunder locker room, I hope it was positive and guys like Jeremy Grant were able to learn from him and learn how to be a professional and conduct yourself, especially when things aren't going your way. And you don't really feel like you're where you're meant to be. You're getting the same vibe from the organization 
but you always know how to conduct yourself in a particular manner so you ingratiate yourself not only to your teammates in the organization, but the fans, the media, everybody else. And Carmelo Anthony did that. Will I criticize his play? Yes. Absolutely 100%. Say a bad word about the dude? Nah. Probably not. Unless there's something heinous that just happens off the court here in the next few months. But um, yeah, as we update this podcast... And I think you know that. I'll keep wanting to say that if you're just tuning in, because I'm kind of in radio mindset now as, as I'm putting this all together. But yes, Carmelo Anthony gone from Oklahoma City. It is official. Dennis Schroeder on his way to the Thunder for now. We'll see if that sticks. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. Coming up next, it's an update from Locked on Spurs. And I'll also tell you how the Spurs can go about keeping Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Remember, for the latest in sports, it is the Locked On Sports Podcast Network at LockedOnSports.com, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA podcast for just about every team. It's local experts covering the biggest stories. That's the Locked On Podcast Network, available now at LockedOnSports.com. And, um, wow, some good stuff. Uh, if there's a Locked On Dodgers, Locked On or I don't know if we have a Locked On Orioles. I think we've got a Locked On Dodgers Definitely be worth listening to now with the uh, Manny Machado trade going down. And certainly worth listening to would be Locked On Spurs and Locked On Raptors with this whole Kawhi Leonard thing. Speaking of Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors, here is Locked On Raptors with a report on Kawhi. Hey, what's up? It's Sean Woodley, the host of Locked On Raptors. And holy crap, the Raptors have traded for Kawhi Leonard, uh, a deal that sends DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a first-round pick protected in 2019, uh, 1 through 20, to the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. And this is obviously very big. Uh, the Raptors are making an enormous gamble with this move. Uh, the Raptors have been sort of fancying themselves a real relevant franchise for the last few seasons after being absolutely irrelevant for 20-plus years. And this is them taking a bet with Masai Ujiri leading the charge that they are going to be able to keep Kawhi Leonard beyond next season. And even if they don't, there are reasons why this works out for the Raptors as well. Um, but the, overall, this is a bet by the Raptors that they can keep Kawhi Leonard around and convince him that this is the place that he wants to be for his next contract, even though he has said all along that he wants to go to LA uh, with when he becomes a free agent at the end of 2019. So we'll see about that, but the Raptors are betting big here. Uh, this is a big deal for the Raptors because, you know, they're moving on from DeMar DeRozan, who is is a franchise cornerstone. I have vouched that he should have his jersey retired and have a statue built tomorrow. He is, uh, you know, I know people kind of around the league view him maybe with, you know, not the most high praise or whatever, but DeMar DeRozan is a legend in Toronto. He's a self-made all-star who went from being just like a pretty much a slasher and a dunker into being a fully well-rounded offensive player who, you know, he had his flaws, of course, and his flaws are eventually, I think, what led to him being dealt because his flaws are essentially what were the downfall of the Raptors in the playoffs the last few seasons 
you know, against the Cavs this year when they got swept for the second time in a row against them. He was benched in game three uh, down the stretch as the Raptors made a big comeback. He got ejected from game four. And that's kind of sad that his last moment with the Raptors is either a, a benching in the in game three or an ejection in the game four after playing so poorly because he's an all-time Raptor. He will have his number retired and I can't imagine a bigger ovation than the one he will get when he returns to Toronto with the Spurs next season. But overall, this is a great deal for the Raptors. It's a big gamble, of course, but it does a couple things. First of all, they give up Jakob Pertl, who is not OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam. That is a big deal. OG and Pascal, I think, are the two highest upside prospects on the team. And I was convinced that one of those guys was going to be heading to San Antonio in a Kawhi Leonard trade. That is not the case. They are both here for whatever happens after Kawhi Leonard's first season with the Raptors, whether or not he stays. You know, those guys are going to be here long term, and that is a big win for the Raptors. They're towing the line here a little bit with this bet. Uh, also, it kind of frees up some money going forward. If Kawhi ends up leaving and, and DeMar is no longer on the books, the Raptors are sitting there with a lot of flexibility, a ton of open money where they can take on contracts, attach the assets to sort of recoup some of what they've given up in order to get Kawhi and over the last couple seasons as they've they've been in kind of win-now mode. And they can pivot quickly to a rebuild. They can move off Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, who will be expiring contracts at the end of this season, and they can sort of reset a little bit. A rebuild that was probably coming anyway, in theory, this move might expedite that a little bit and maybe make it a a one-year from now they do a rebuild instead of two or three. And it kind of gives the Raptors a very easy pivot point to get out of this era and into something new. And I think that's good. I think that's a nice thing to have as opposed to sort of hanging on too long and doing the thing that say the Hawks have done or maybe the the Grizzlies are about to do where they don't quite accept that they have to rebuild and they kind of let it drag out and they don't get max value for their guys. The Raptors have a clear pivot point and if it doesn't work this this year with Kawhi Leonard and he moves on, the Raptors can easily go into some sort of new era where they're building around OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, DeLon Wright uh, and, and these guys who were really good this season, maybe not star players or franchise cornerstones in the future, but they're nice players to have. And then that'll be the next era of the Raptors. But considering where they're at, considering sort of how they got a little bit stale with the fan base the last few seasons, considering just all of the the pressures on Masai Ujiri to make a big move to try to get a superstar on this team. This is not a team that's going to sign a free agent superstar. This is a team that has to trade for one. And, you know, considering their assets, considering that they would have been outgunned for a regular superstar by teams like Boston and Philly, it makes sense that the Raptors did this trade to get a guy who, in Kawhi Leonard, who is a top five player, an MVP candidate when he's healthy and playing uh, to get him on the team. You know, this is the best way for the Raptors to go about this. And if they can keep him beyond this year, it is an absolute grand slam of a deal for the Raptors. I have a lot more on this deal, all the different ramifications of it uh, on Lockdown Raptors. So please check it out on the iTunes feed. And uh, thank you for listening. We will definitely do that. And if you want to know how the Raptors can keep Kawhi Leonard, you have to remember Kawhi Leonard is in a bit of damage control right now. He's got to repair that reputation. And maybe the Lakers are willing to take a chance on him because of how great Kawhi is, and they have heard that he wants to be a Laker and nothing else, so they feel they can roll the dice, they'll bring him in, and he won't be disgruntled. However, if Kawhi Leonard is just throwing that out there, and he would like to get other teams involved in the bidding process, the way you keep him, if you're Toronto, is you explain to Kawhi, we can help you build that reputation. No matter what happens this year, be a model citizen and you make sure that Kawhi is teamed up with guys who are model citizens and guys that he connects with. And the whole time you act like you're working for Kawhi's best interest, you're also working for your best interest. So it's a little bit underhanded, but not malicious in a way because you're working on him. And as you're working on him, you're also selling the organization. 
And maybe it comes to that point where Kawhi's got to make a very tough decision. And because you've paired him up with someone who cares about him and you've made it feel like, hey, this was all about you, Kawhi decides to stay. And then you don't have to do that rebuild. You can re-sign Kyle Lowry long-term and maybe get Serge Ibaka to hang on and be productive for another couple of years. Coming up next, we'll hear from Locked On Celtics about who else? Marcus Smart. And I'll tell you why. Oklahoma City hasn't needed a homegrown talent to be super successful, which is something we thought they would need early on. We'll have that coming up next here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Go to LockedOnThunder.com. We have all our podcast archived. We also have video and audio from players, coaches, and Sam Presti and other people. In the GM. Uh, there's some really cool video there, especially since Carmelo Anthony's leaving. I'd say you you dive in to the best of Melo, plus Mo Cheeks on getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's all good stuff, and it's at LockedOnThunder.com. Marcus Smart, or as we call him in Oklahoma, Marcus Smart, is staying with the Boston Celtics. And for more on that, here's our good friends at Locked On Celtics. John Corral is here from Locked On Celtics. Marcus Smart has agreed to a four-year deal, $52 million to return to the Boston Celtics. Might seem like a little bit more than the market dictated, but it was about what Boston offered in an extension prior to the season. So this is about where they valued him. It's less than Marcus Smart wanted, so it's a good deal for all sides. Basically, for Marcus Smart, once Atlanta did the Jeremy Lin deal, Chicago did the Parker deal, and Sacramento clearly was not into overpaying for him to lure him away as a restricted free agent, things started to point to a return. The question was, would it be a qualifying offer signing or some sort of longer-term deal? And once the Kawhi Leonard deal was done with Toronto and there wasn't any sort of potential trade between Boston and San Antonio, this deal got done quickly. For Marcus Smart, he is a unique player with unique value to the Boston Celtics. He can guard one through five for them. We've seen him switch onto fives and hold his ground when they try to post him up. So the Celtics value him in their highly switchable defense. He is a key player in their defensive scheme. So I know Marcus Smart is excited to be back in Boston. The Celtics, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, have said they wanted him back. They are excited to have him back. But this is also, a key point here, a tradable contract for the Boston Celtics. They didn't have on their books a deal in that 12 to $13 million range that they could use in a superstar-type trade to match salaries. So 
having Marcus Smart at that number over the next four years gives them that one player who has value that teams may want and has a good tradable contract that they could throw in with maybe some of their younger players and picks to facilitate a bigger deal. So there is, on a team-building perspective, a, a value to Danny Ainge to giving Marcus Smart that kind of money. So even if you think it might be an overpay, there is significant value to the Celtics front office to have that kind of contract on the books. It's also interesting to see how they will structure this contract. There has been some buzz about them giving him a front-loaded contract that descends in value over time because they will need to avoid the repeater tax. They have not been a taxpayer until this upcoming season, most likely. So they will probably try to structure this contract weirdly so they can avoid the tax in one of the upcoming two or three years to push off a potential repeater tax for as long as they possibly can. For Marcus Smart, though, four years to return to Boston is a good thing, and the Celtics are running it back. They are going to basically bring back everybody except for a couple of guys around the fringes, which is essentially what Danny Ainge said he would do. So Marcus Smart returns four years, $52 million. Celtics set to go for the upcoming season. Thank you very much, John Corrales, and you can get more from him at LockedOnCeltics.com as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Very happy for Marcus Smart. Glad to see things are working out. Life lesson here is that never make business personal is such a BS statement. It's not personal. It's just business. Remember what Marcus Smart said when he hadn't heard from the Boston Celtics, he was hurt. And if you're at some place a long enough time, no matter what company it is, you have an opportunity to make friends, you have an opportunity to get to know people, and you have a lot, you get more at stake, and you may put a lot into the company, it can't help but on some level become personal. So when Marcus Smart didn't get that call, I get where he's coming from, and I bet you do too. I bet you totally get where Marcus Smart's coming from because you feel like you've given the company your all, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, what am I really worth? Don't you really want me? Did you not see what I did last year? And sometimes it's enough, and sometimes in in the world of business, it's just not. And when it's not, it sucks and it hurts. And we can get on these athletes and say, well, hey, get over it because there's always going to be another team waiting for you, especially when you're young and talented like Marcus Smart is. But sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes you get emotionally attached to a place. You can't help it. And if they don't feel the same way you do, it's it's a lot like breaking up with a chick. And uh, you can say that it's not. You can say that's an overused analogy, but it's just the flat-out truth. And if you're offended by the word chick, I'm sorry, I will now say the word woman. When it comes to Marcus Smart, I I wanted to see him in Oklahoma City because he has that edge that the Thunder so desperately need. And Raymond Felton is a great backup point guard, and Raymond Felton is going to give you veteran leadership, but the Thunder still need edge. It wasn't going to happen, but the Thunder needs somebody to be that guy. And I know what you're saying, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. Well, Westbrook's great, but Russ can't be on the floor all 48 minutes. There has to be somebody else with that. Paul George has it, but I just wanted a little bit more. I wanted a little bit more of that killer instinct. And I think it would have been interesting to see Marcus Smart 
and Russell Westbrook in a locker room together to see if those two guys would have mixed considering just that they are cut from that same kind of cloth. And maybe it couldn't work because you can only have one Russell Westbrook in your camp and everybody else has to be a little bit more deferential or at worst, I mean, deferential at best and at worst deferential, but also possibly just a little bit more laid back. When it comes to Marcus Smart, there's a lot of people that thought that Oklahoma City, when they were first, when they first got to the NBA, they were going to need that hometown guy. You were going to need somebody from Oklahoma or Oklahoma State to get fans excited, and that just hasn't been the case. And one thing, and we brought this up before, is that you've got a lot of people in Oklahoma City that didn't go to either OU or OSU, so they're not as emotionally attached to those schools as people might think. They know the players. But maybe they went to Southern Nazarene or Oklahoma City University or Oklahoma Christian or maybe they're from the rural areas and went out to Southwestern or even more Metro, UCL, whatever. So they're not going to have that attachment. And when you get a guy like Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook who went to UCLA or Texas to come in and be the superstar or Paul George who is from the West Coast... They sort of gravitate to them because the Thunder is theirs. The other thing about the Thunder is the city, the metro area, has really taken ownership of them. And when you walk into a Walmart now, all year long, there is Thunder gear there. There's OU gear. There's Oklahoma State gear. But there's also Thunder gear. I don't know if it's that way in Perry. I don't know if it's that way in Clinton or Woodward, or in the eastern part of the state, but I do know that it is that way here in Oklahoma City, and there's a sense of pride, not just about the state with the Thunder, but about this city overall. That'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.